Well, Richard McGregor, you've just given us uh, an overview here at the press club here in, Can in Canberra of uh, Xi Jinping's record as uh, China's leader. Can you just briefly tell us what you think are his major achievements and also where he's fallen short? Yeah, I think you look, want to look at Xi Jinping in two, two different ways. One is his style of leadership and one is the, the policies he's pursued and where, as you say, he succeeded and failed. He's obviously a very different leader stylistically from his predecessor, much more uh, decisive, a risk-taker, authoritarian and the like. How has that translated into policy? It certainly helped him grab uh, uh, control of all the leaders of power in the Communist Party, uh, the anti-corruption unit, uh, the military uh, uh, and the like, uh, party reform. Uh, it hasn't served him well in economic policy. Um, he can mobilize uh, Chinese people emotionally. The days of being able to mobilize the Chinese economy uh, are gone. So I think he, from the Chinese perspective, he gets very high marks in terms of uh, prosecuting uh, uh, China's foreign policy agenda with much more uh, aggression, and I would say from their point of view, success than his predecessors. On economic policy, I think he's been a big disappointment. Big disappointment, but how much of what's happened in the Chinese economy under Xi Jinping is actually Xi Jinping's doing or his fault? Well. The uh, imbalances, uh, uh, the structural imbalances which the Chinese themselves talk about, obviously he inherited them. But he talked a big game when he came in at the, I think it was the, the third plenum, so-called, in uh, the end of 2013, talking about decisive role for the market in the economy. Um, and I think many things he's done since then have really fallen short. Uh, the classic example of that is uh, state-owned enterprises. Um, they're no longer the sort of productive force of the economy, but they still sort of drain a large amount of capital. Um, <clears throat> they're still much more political enterprises as much as they are economic enterprises. Um, they're being used once again now, uh, both at the central level and the local government level, uh, to pump up the economy by absorbing credit uh, and the like. And um, the idea that you know they might be reformed uh, to give the private sector more room to move, I think has fallen by the wayside over the past two years. How is Xi Jinping perceived by the Chinese people? Well, <clears throat> it's always hard to be definitive about uh, Chinese popular opinion because it's difficult to do open market surveys. And when you do them, obviously, you've got to be very careful with the questions you ask. Um, otherwise, they won't be approved. But I think generally it's fair to say that his anti-corruption campaign is very popular. Uh, you know, people, uh, the one thing that's um, you know, perhaps very destabilizing in China is the notion that uh, uh, growth and wealth has been unfairly distributed, basically because of the power of uh, officials. Uh, I also think his nationalistic bent, in other words, um, the South China Sea, the East China Sea and the like, um, commemorating uh, uh, the uh, 70th anniversary and the end of the war and all those sorts of things are also very popular. Um, so, I, you know, I think he's a broadly popular leader uh, amongst the public, amongst his peers, amongst top officials and the like, I would say deeply unpopular because he's really, you know, to use that old Chinese saying, sort of smashed their iron rice bowl in many respects, um, you know, destroyed the livelihood of rich, powerful families and clans. So he has a lot of enemies.
I also want to ask you about perceptions of Xi Jinping outside China. And in your remarks tonight, you made an intriguing little comment, an aside almost, about opinion about Xi Jinping in Washington, D.C., where you live. And I think, you, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you said there was something like a cult of, around Xi Jinping uh, amongst China watchers in, in uh, D.C. What do you mean? Well, I think it, you know, the, China's a difficult country to uh, you know, <clears throat> cover, understand, analyse. Um, you know, we all naturally want to uh, simplify things. Um, uh, Xi, Xi Jinping has been such a different leader from his predecessor, who was, you know, famously uh, charisma-free zone, Hu Jintao. That um, there's been, I think, <clears throat> a huge and to some extent inordinate focus on him as an individual. Whereas I would argue, I mean, of course that's fair up to a point. You know, I agree that he's a more decisive leader. But when he took over China, compared to his predecessor, it was a much richer, much more powerful, much more confident, uh, a much more uh, military, militarily uh, adept and equipped country. So in that respect, you know, we shouldn't make it all about Xi Jinping because I think the sorts of things that he wants to do in the South China Sea and the East China Sea and the like, I think don't think there's big disagreement about them. So whoever comes after him isn't going to drop these issues. Last question here about uh, the South China Sea, which you just mentioned. I think there's this constant debate about how much the strings are actually being pulled from the very top level, from Xi Jinping's level, or is there internecine uh, dispute here among Chinese maritime agencies and, and parts of the military about just how decisive and how assertive to be in the South China Sea? Where do you stand in that debate? Uh, I think they're taking their signal from the top. <clears throat> Maybe they exceed instructions at some stage. But if you look at it broadly, it's very cleverly organised exercise. Um, they basically militarise the uh, fishing fleets and the Coast Guard, uh, and they can get out there in a sort of concentric circles ahead of the grey hulls and the Navy. Um, certainly there's new sort of bastions of bureaucratic or almost military power being built up uh, in the maritime sector, but the idea that they're in any way independent agencies, they might trip over each other at some stage, uh, they might be sort of platforms for ambitious people uh, to get noticed, um, but um, I think they're following leadership from the top and if they exceeded it too much too often, <coughs> uh, they'd be pulled into line and I don't think we've seen that. Richard, thanks for your time. Thank you.